0: You know, are you using dodgy science? Are you manipulating science to suit your agenda? Wow, that's
1: um, huge, Graham. And whose whose agenda are you are you pushing? If you're telling me that they are not basing it on real science. Then really, it's basically uh, it, it's censorship again. I mean, it means we're not living in a democracy anymore.
2: In a brief statement, President Ramaphosa succeeded in dividing the country's opinion on the use of alcohol.
3: We've now decided that the sale, the dispensing, and the distribution of alcohol will be suspended with immediate effect. There is now clear evidence that the resumption of alcohol sales has resulted in substantial pressure being put on hospitals, including trauma and ICU units, due to motor vehicle accidents, violence, as well as related trauma that are alcohol-induced.
2: The decision was taken, he said, with the aim of saving lives. He stated that government had conducted research that proved reckless behavior undertaken by intoxicated citizens was putting undue pressure on our medical facilities, thus hindering our ability to respond to the mounting infections caused by COVID-19. But while South Africans, who are known for our drinking, were not pleased by the situation, we could appreciate the general logic. And while if a report confirmed it as being scientific, then we as South Africans would try to do what's best for the country Here's what some South Africans have to say about the president's big announcement. He broke my heart on Sunday. You know how much tears I shed? I mean, how can you make such a big decision without consulting us? Yeah, but now the president is forcing me to drink ginger. Drink ginger here now, like this is 1947. He thinks we are all from the village. Just like the people are buying illegal cigarettes. I will have to find my fix somewhere. I don't have a problem with banning it. I really don't have a problem with it. But the way sometimes the government is doing their things, he's not God. God decides of our lives, not him. But burning the alcohol, burning cigarettes is not going to help.
3: They forget to pray. The president is not wrong. What he says is, uh, is very right, because some people are making trouble at home with the family under uh,
4: uh, uh, alcohol uh, things, you see? But on the road when we are driving, there are some drivers that are driving like a crazy, you see? But when you go you think, see, smelling medical call. So in this time people have to focus on another thing. I don't think it's a bad move. Um, as the president did it on purpose due to the number of criminal um, infections in the, in, the, in the Western Cape. I didn't stash up much. I only have like two bowls of whiskey at home. So that will probably last me at least for a week or so. Do you consider going to buying
2: like the expensive black market for whiskey? No, to like be one.
5: honest. No, no, no. Just because it's too expensive, it's too expensive. Nah, I wouldn't go for that at all. Look, I'm for it, I'm for it, but I do also think like people who drink responsibly and things like that, we need to think for, 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 for their part as well. Some of the government's uh, way of handling it is a bit sketchy to me, Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just completely unfair that they actually mm-hmm.
4: banned cigarettes and continued the sale of alcohols. Like, they're setting us up for failure, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So. To me, it doesn't make sense. This is the politics. Nothing. It doesn't
3: make sense. No. Clear evidence.
2: But little did you and I at home know that that clear evidence the president was referring to isn't in fact all clear-cut at all. For many of the experts, academics, and physicians sitting on the ministerial advisory committee. The panel tasked with advising the government about the facts around COVID-19 decisions, the sales ban seemed almost political in nature and far from being clear. In this week's episode, Graham investigates the tension that has begun to form between advisors and government around the lockdown regulations that they deem to be redundant. In particular, we chat to the experts about the recent alcohol sales ban that threatens to see South Africans going thirsty for the foreseeable future. This short podcast series follows Sunday Times reporter, Alex Patrick, and senior reporter, Graham Hoskin, as they track, record, and reflect on the real events and people that make up SA's biggest COVID-19 news stories. For boots on the ground, Behind essay's National Lockdown, I am Zama Lutuli, and this is episode 13, Tensions Are Brewing. Graham spoke to several industry professionals this week. After consulting with all of these people, he realized that, far from being clear-cut, this topic was still very much debatable to experts.
0: Well, an interesting story for me. is the whole thing on alcohol, uh, mm. and how the ban came about, what it means, and apparently dodgy science. It's being. And well, not that the science is dodgy, but how science is manipulated to Super suit a gender. Agenda. Suiting, suiting agendas.
1: Don't tell me we're doing this for nothing. I will uh. really lose, really we Are aren't we?
0: Well, look, it it's it depends on who you talk to. So I also spoke to trauma unit doctors, mm. and they have said when the, the ban was put in place, mm. there was notable decreases. I mean, oh, serious. Then the ban gets lifted. And it's just hell for leather. Like yeah. Dr. Pat Safi was saying it was uh, everybody was on Christmas and just <laughs> lost all their responsibilities and all common sense and just went crazy. Mm. And we just and, like, let down the handbrake and they just saw massive spikes oh. in admissions
2: at trauma, at
0: trauma units.
2: So on one hand, the science upon which the ban is based is according to some, being misused and misconstrued. But at the same time, it is clear to those working in trauma wards that a ban on alcohol definitely reduces the amount of people in hospitals. Graham spoke to the man whose research the ban was based upon. So the Medical Research
0: Council of Dr. Charles Perry was tasked by a Subcommittee of the Ministerial Advisory Committee committee to the Department of Health Mm. and the Minister of Health to research the impact of trauma and alcohol Mm. on admissions. They did various scientific modelling. They put together a team of nine experts, including trauma surgeons.
1: Sure. Thorough research.
0: Thorough research. I mean, they've been researching this since – Easter Monday. So okay. it's, it, it's a good four months of research.
2: Yeah. Professor Charles Parry explained some of his findings to us to help us understand why his research led the ban to alcohol sales.
3: So we think that a ban over eight-week period would end up with reducing alcohol-related trauma by one-third, mm. which, will, which will reduce um, trauma by about 18% because our uh, modeling and talking to... We had trauma doctors on the panel and data that we got. We now believe that about 50% in level 3 of trauma is alcohol-related. We could treat, you know, by saving those 50... Taking out those 50,000 alcohol trauma patients over 8 weeks, we could then free up space for just under 13,000 COVID patients in ICU wards, or between seventeen and 18,000 COVID patients in general wards or some combination of that, you know. So it would free up a lot of resources. It frees up about 1.3 billion rand on paper.
2: So it's clear that there is a correlation between alcohol consumption and trauma cases, but is a full-on sales ban the only way to curb excessive use? According to Professor Parry, it wasn't the only option And in fact, it was the last resort recommendation proposed by his research findings. So then why did the South African government elect to ban alcohol when other countries have deemed it as an essential service during this time? Parry suggests it may be a simple issue of acting too slowly. Frankly,
3: I think the government was out of time. It, It could have considered the lesser options at the beginning of level three. Missed the opportunity.
0: Mm. In terms of when, when alcohol was, the sales were, were unbanned, I mean, was there a markable increase in the number of trauma related alcohol indi- um, admissions and presentations to, to trauma units? Across the country, it, it
3: was a dramatic increase at the beginning of level three, um, but then it probably settled down a bit after the first week. So now, now we're still only at about 80 percent of 80 percent of the trauma that we had pre-lockdown so even though we were shocked how bad it was in the first week it's it's we it's actually not as it's it, it, it's 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 par for the course it's what mm. we normally have more yeah. likely less even
2: the amount of trauma cases after an initial spike had again began to normalize but still, a ban was imposed to free up hospital space. I mean, to some extent, it is an understandable move and seemingly for the greater good. But Graham explains how Perry's proposal to only ban alcohol as a last resort was distorted.
0: So they, they present, they do this research, but their first recommendation, according to Perry, is not to ban alcohol but to put even more stringent measures in place to address the number of cases that are going to the trauma units and only as a last resort ban alcohol yeah so the subcommittee of the ministerial advisory committee then does its own redacted presentation to the ministerial advisory committee they don't give everybody all the information. You know, they pick yeah. and choose. Shit. So, yeah, there was apparently a shitstorm of a confrontation on the Ministerial Advisory Committee.
1: Serious.
0: Because somebody had got Perry's full report.
1: Yeah.
0: So they were saying, okay, well, you're saying X, but what about all these other findings? And the actual ban is a last resort. Wow. You know, and surely you should take the full report to the Minister of Health and the National Command Council.
1: Yeah, before you do that.
0: I mean, apparently the people who headed the, the subcommittee, the Commissioner Perry and his his team to investigate this, are known prohibitionists.
1: Are you serious?
0: Yeah, so there's an already apparently oh, this agenda. So people on the ministerial committee questioned. They said, well, are you coming at you know, are you using dodgy science? Are you manipulating science to suit your agenda? Wow. That's um huge, Grant. and whose whose agenda are you are you pushing? Yeah. Are you pushing is it your agenda or are you pushing another agenda?
1: Somebody's making money
0: Some, somebody else's agenda. They have a question, they were said, Well, you know, if if you ban alcohol an economic this is the economic impact. And apparently members of the ministerial com- uh, advisory committee, they had people who'd also done research looking at the economic impact of closing bottle stores, mm. you know, the impact on companies, trucking companies that transport sure. alcohol, the impact on the companies that actually make
1: wine. Yeah, I mean, the Trinidad wine economy, all those kinds yeah, are just, suffering. it's just
0: massive, and they're like, you know, Sure. If the recommendation is bad, because that's the best solution, Mm. then that's fine. But don't, don't go to the last resort first. Yeah. You know, there's so many other options. Do you
1: know what she's saying though? I mean, do you know how big it is? It's crazy. Do you know what this means? It's,
0: it's. You know, we are civilians, and this. I got, I got so angry when I heard this this week because it's like, you know. The ministerial advisory committee and government and the national COVID command council i mean they need to have south africans best interests yeah. at all i mean we mean to be we hear that the hospitals are filling up you know there's a huge spike when in trauma cases which there is
4: mm.
0: and you hear that the hospital bed shortages but then at the same time you hear the field hospitals aren't up. so yeah. what has government been doing for the last four or five months i mean the whole point of the hard lockdown initially was to build That's, and get yeah. systems in
2: place we spoke to some of the ministerial advisory committee members who were against the hard ban on alcohol and they explain how things had unfolded and what exactly their concerns are around the ban we have elected to keep their identities concealed so that they don't face any backlash while going about their duties on the committee.
4: You know, people were saying uh, much what I've been saying, you know, it's just that the other ways of doing this, that I think it's, it's directly correlated, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it, the bad thing was that we had at all. And I think everyone was that like, comfortable. That's why we didn't make a decision, is that, yeah? You know, we recognised the fact that this was more of a, let's get an agenda going Look, at this guy, the, the, some of the rationalists were completely legitimate. Yeah. Not a lobotomized presentation, but it was it was something that we were all quite uncomfortable with. You know? mm-hmm. and I think that, as I said, we it was noted at the back that people died because of um, you know of home brewing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the government's made so many stupid decisions in the last while, including this taxi stuff. That, like I said, I think for me that what's annoying here yeah, is that this is. Um, it's just distracting us from what we should be doing which is talking about how we're gonna protect the healthcare services how we get current transmission this is a relative you know it's also interesting in other countries which have got problematic drinking cultures like the uk and the us you know the us said alcohol distribution was actually an essential service so there's completely different views on this you know in terms oh. of protection of the healthcare service so you know this kind of <laughs> It's a real South African debate, this. yeah. Doesn't seem to be operating anywhere else. And part of the reason, I think, is a political one, again, um, which is that the police have been completely unable to police the civilians. And I think that they see this as an easy way to, like, you uh, to, to deal with what is a long, long, long history of, uh, uh, of not being able to deal with what is a social problem. And now, suddenly, you know, this just real so itself as an easy opportunity to, like, you know, to, to deal with what They've been fighting around for a yeah, for yeah. years. It's completely unclear to me why if the primary reasons to protect your health facilities is why we've banned alcohol across the country, why not just ban any car tang that Western Cape and Eastern Cape where there's a problem? You know, Limpopa and Kumalaga they've got tiny numbers of cases. The healthcare is exactly the way it was before COVID. Why why not sweat? Leave them out of this. You know, you, you can if you are going to justify this, there's no reason to implement uh, where this, you know, where your ICU beds are not compromised, your hospitals are not filling up. Why don't you just wait? Mm. You know, and, and at the time when your, the hospitals start filling up, most of the big decisions governments has made has had no input from the bank. Wow. Um, I mean, there's enough where really there is input. No, I, like I keep saying to people, uh, you know, this government just it talks about the science-based approach. I want to know who these scientists are
5: is what it is, and now they brought it back to bank. Again, the other thing with this is, if you look at the economy, can we really afford um, to have such a, you know, economically-wise, again, close off the the alcohol um, sales? We're not against, uh, for alcohol, it's just, it's the principle on how it's done. Mm. And then, again, um, what's it going to achieve? He... <laughs> yes, it's going to help us at the hospital level, which is extremely important. We need it. We need this break um to the get all attention to the, the sick COVID patients and the other patients coming in with other diseases. But the problem is once you lift it, you're going to go back to the side problem. In the middle of next month, when 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 setting was uh speaks again. He left it. We're still going to be in a crisis with COVID-19.
1: Mm.
5: So, so what is then going to happen? We are going to go back to see the same pattern. So are we then opening up, And then four weeks later we, 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 we um, put a lid on? Or are we now going to ban that for six months or what? How are we going to handle it? I'm banning it. What is it going to solve? And then there's, it seems to us there's another a higher command somewhere along the line that actually decides
2: mm-hmm.
5: what they want and what they don't want. Mm-hmm. And it's got nothing to do with the Mac. It's not the Mac.
2: Yeah.
5: On the other hand, you are allowing a taxi to be 100% full. So, where is the, so we're not consistent. It doesn't make sense. Um, because there, it's a political decision. Why was it not addressed? Now it's the top. Now we're destroying literally economies. Mm. So, uh, sorry, I, I just get very close with this. Um,
4: uh, you know, there's this narrative that the climate missions went through the roof because alcohol was bad It's Ooh. only partly true. Okay. Uh, and it's and it's also like as Paddy wants to say, like, what the hell did you think would, ha- would happen? you know it's like we've we've got an alcohol we've had alcohol problems in this country since you know since i've been alive and like i just want to say duh but the second thing is that those trauma admissions were not entirely driven by alcohol they were also driven you know the other thing that drives trauma is traffic so the, the roads were empty during lockdown five and very quiet during four part of the trauma is at least partly due to the, the traffic um, being on the roads now there's an. Overlay between alcohol and traffic, obviously, driving and driving pedestrians are a big deal as well. But it's, it's untrue to say that the, the trauma was entirely due to the, the you know, the, the lifting of the alcohol ban. So I think a couple of things, um, using the logic that, so people are saying we want to, the reason for the alcohol ban is we want to protect the ICU beds and hospital beds. And I think that's a fair, um a fair, um Sort of rationale. However, if the traffic is, is also a contributor, so we can also argue for a dramatic decrease in the speeding limits. Um, you know, we could even go further, this is getting to the point of being ridiculous. I don't think this speed limit is actually of banning all private cars and limiting you know the um, transport um, speeds to buses and taxis so all these things could be justified in much the same way as the alcohol ban can be justified to protect hospital beds and i think there's something to be said for that what i do worry about though is that i don't i think there are unintended consequences of the alcohol ban as well you know we've seen an incredible leap in uh, the black market. I think we do need to be quite, as an active citizen, we need to be quite careful about huge step-ins in terms of our, our constitutional freedoms. You know, government's very easy about these things, has made a pile of missteps in terms of this. So, I'm not totally against it. I think you can make a case for it, much like you can make a case for the curfew. But I am quite uncomfortable with this, um It's only a good thing type narrative that's going on. That's the only thing we can do to save ourselves. There are far more impactful things that should be done. You know, the taxi industry disaster, public transport. And this alcohol thing to me is just actually a major distraction from much more important debates we should be having.
2: These are members of the MAC, or Ministerial Advisory Committee. And after hearing all that... I think it's important to point out the role of this committee. The MAC is a panel of experts and scientists, some of South Africa's best thinkers, and they have been gathered to provide reliable and fact-driven advice to the government as they try to navigate the country through this unprecedented time. But the fact that this panel elected not to vote on the most recent alcohol ban speaks volumes.
0: And they would say they were...
2: They say they listen
0: in horror. Seriously. Every time a minister stands up and says, you know, based on scientific evidence, they're like, who the hell are these scientists? Because out of the 80 advisory pieces of advice we've given, Mm. they've maybe taken into account five. Mm. I mean, you've got the country's best scientists, medical, health, economic, you know, all of them, the Mm. best researchers. If you're not listening to the advice, you know that the Ministerial Advisory Committee wasn't even consulted when the country went into lockdown level five. I I don't mind government saying, look, we've come to this decision and it's based on science, Mm. but then it must be really based on science. They mustn't have manipulated it to suit their agenda.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm also I'm I'm all for the alcohol ban, and I don't smoke. But what concerns me is my rights as a citizen in this country. Yeah. And if if you're telling me that they are not basing it on real science, then really it, it's basically uh, it, it's censorship again. I mean, it means we're not living in a democracy anymore.
0: I mean, one has to ask, how much power is this N C, this National Covid Command Council, being? Mm-hmm. given, and how much of our rights are being taken away from Absolutely. it, based on, on, on dodgy science and you know, agendas that are, nobody knows, the general
2: population
0: doesn't know what
1: they are. Yeah.
2: Whether you are for or against the most recent sales ban on alcohol, it is actually inconsequential. What is critical though, is that South Africans remain aware that the choices made for us during lockdown will have ramifications for the future of our country and the future state of our constitutional freedoms. We must never accept supposed facts without questioning their veracity. For Boots on the Ground, Behind SA's National Lockdown, a production of Multimedia Live, I am Zama Lutuli.
0: You are listening to Boots on the Ground, behind SA's National Lockdown. Boots on the Ground is a short podcast series documenting South Africa's national lockdown as a result of the outbreak of COVID-19. Boots on the Ground is a true piece of mobile journalism. All interviews, voices, and sound effects have been gathered using nothing but smartphones. Boots on the Ground is a production of Multimedia Live, a division of Arena Holdings. Narration done by Samad Lutuli. Audio gathered by Graham Hoskin and Alex Patrick. Sound design and editing by Paige Muller. Production by Multimedia Head, Scott Petersmith. To catch the next episode of Boots on the Ground for free, please subscribe to the podcast on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.